Last night, the Minnesota Wild looked a little closer to their early season form in beating the Boston Bruins 4-2. We recap the game, plus some tweaks on the power play and the penalty kill, a great game for Cam Talbot, and Tyson Jost's debut, a whole bunch to discuss today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen every day. And just as a reminder, Locked On Wild is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's episode of Locked on Wild, we recap the 4-2 win for the Wild over the Boston Bruins last night. A win that uh, saw the Wild look a little closer to the team that started the season off so hot. We'll talk about Kirill Kaprizov continuing to climb the Wild's leaderboard in terms of points in a season, goals in a season, pretty much every category you can think of. So we'll talk about that. Plus, uh, the tweaks to the power play and the penalty kill. Did they work? Did they not? We'll debate that and more today. My name is Seth Topal, host of Locked on Wilds, veteran content producer covering all Minnesota sports teams over the last decade or so, and uh, now focusing exclusively on the Minnesota Wilds and... It felt good to get back into the win column last night, much like the New York Rangers game, uh, a game that um, we we looked back at when it happened and said, hey, here is a nice bounce back win. The team looked like the old wild. And uh, after that, it uh, just kind of reverted back to the same form. So hopefully that doesn't happen this time, but for the wild. A great game because uh, I think the team kind of started to feel it after the uh, the Nico Sturm trade. Now, a lot of the reason for the Nico Sturm trade was getting something in return for him um, before he left via free agency. But at the same time, a little bit of a message sent to the team to the tune of, hey, pick up your performance or... We'll be making more moves similar to this um, before the trade deadline. And so obviously trying to get back on track. And it looked a lot like what we saw in the early portion of the, t- of the season. Some uh, early goals to get the team off and running. A little bit of a push by the opponent. But then the, uh, the Wilds tighten up and uh, come away with the win. And there's really no better way to get a game started than by uh, having Kirill Kaprizov score the first couple of goals. There were uh, some stories. um, Michael Russo had, uh, I think, the main one about Kaprizov getting upset and being frustrated by how the team had played as of late. And in those situations, you want to see your best players kind of step up and say, hey, we're not going to let this happen anymore. And Kaprizov did with the two goals. He continues to climb the uh, the leaderboard in terms of total points. 
in a single season for the Minnesota Wild. On pace for 45 goals and 105 points, which would be, he would have the most goals in a single season record, which currently sits at 42. The uh, most points in a season, he is rapidly getting close to that mark already. Uh, In fact, you look at what he has uh, currently at 75 points. The uh, all-time team record is uh, 83. And so he's getting very close to that mark as well. Uh, So it shouldn't be too long. His... uh, um, just just a monster season from Kirill Kaprizov. And so it was good to see him be the one to kind of set the tone early and say, hey, we, we need to take better care of our own business and uh, and get the win and really help this team get off to a good start. And, you know, we, we saw all the elements that have kind of been missing at uh, at points throughout this skid. We, uh, we saw some good goaltending from Cam Talbot. Uh, the two goals that were allowed, look at those kind of in a vacuum. The first goal that Boston scored was a shot from uh, a, a deep part of the zone that hit off of Matt Dumba's skate and uh, trickled in. It, really nothing you can do about that if you're Cam Talbot. You're focused on, you're focused on the puck coming in, and it just takes a, a weird carom. You know, I was critical at the time that that goal happened because it looked like a uh, it looked like a bad rebound opportunity that just kicked out right to the uh, the Bruins in front of the net but in actuality it hits off of Dumba's stick and if the Bruins don't see that they don't even get the shot off so it was just Craig Smith taking advantage of uh, a shot from the top of the zone and uh, just getting the perfect Karam to be able to uh, to tap it in for that first goal. And then the second goal that the Bruins scored, you know, on the power play, Brad Marchand, one of the best in the business, um, just kind of gets lost in the uh, the zone. He, he has a clean entry. The Wild are kind of stuck in between pulling back towards the net and uh, a couple of players getting back into the zone. And so he just takes advantage. There's a screen in front of the net. And, um, you know, that's that's just... That's just a good play and a good goal by that Bruins team. So um, Talbot had some great saves throughout uh, the course of the night. And so, you know, it's definitely a, a step in the right direction for uh, for him. And we want to see that. We want to see this get back on track. And so hopefully that uh, will help Talbot's confidence to, uh, to be able to do so. We then finish the game by seeing... The grief line absolutely take over. Jordan Greenway scores his sixth of the season. And then Ryan Hartman pulls some empty net magic on the opposite ends with an empty netter to uh, seal the scoring. And so all in all, a uh, great effort by the Wilds. They had physicality. They had uh, good defense. They had good goaltending. And so uh, a, a great night for the Wilds. I did want to, before we move on to some of the special teams changes, I did want to um, point to one thing in particular. Shout out to Brett Marshall for uh, putting this together on Twitter. The greenway erickson felino line last night. 11 minutes, 22 seconds, 
uh, total time on ice together. They had one goal scored. That was Greenway's goal. Shots were 18 to 6 in favor of the Greenway line. Uh, 9 to 3 shots on goals advantage. Uh, 0.92 expected goals for. 0.01 expected goals against. And that uh, equates out to a 98.72 expected goals for percentage. As dominant of a performance as we've seen from the grief line this season, I know they've had a couple of games where they have not. Well, they've had an expected goals for percentage of 100, but that was a sensational effort from the grief line, and this this team needed it. So um, all in all, a great win uh, for the Wild. And you know, on the Tyson Jost front, it's going to take a little time for him to gel with those fourth-line guys. But uh, one four-out-of-ten face-offs, got, his, uh, got on the ice with his teammates, looks to already be comfortable in the locker room, which is a huge plus. So a good first step for Jost as well. Um, he will bear watching the rest of the season just to see kind of how he grows and develops. But the biggest objective for him last night was was getting out on the ice and starting to build some of that familiarity with uh, his line mates, at least at this point in the season. So job well done for Jost as well. Um, Going to be fun to watch him here over the uh, the next couple of months. We saw some changes on the power play for the Minnesota Wild as well as the penalty kill. We'll talk about what worked and what didn't when we come back here on Locked on Wild. It is that time of year once again as college basketball's NCAA tournament is finally here. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head over to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Give your bracket the best chance to be perfect this season at BetOnline, where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, and again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen every day. Make sure that your second listen of the day is Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Their live deadline reaction show will get you all the on-ice fantasy and betting analysis you need from hosts Steele Roden and Flip Livingstone with appearances from our roster of local experts. Plus, catch our own live deadline reaction show at 2 o'clock Central Time for our immediate reaction to the Minnesota Wilds moves or lack thereof. Locked on Fantasy Hockey is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. So changes on special teams. We asked for it and we got it. And mixed results from uh, both cases, I would say. In looking at the power play first off, the Wild tried to replicate some of their five-on-five success by just going with line combinations. You know, they had the Hartman line with uh, the top pairing on D, and uh, they had the, you know, the second unit 
um, out there with the second D-line pairing. So just trying to replicate some of the uh, some of that success in the five on five. But you know, we if we're looking at how to fix this power play, and they did get a power play goal courtesy of Kirill Kaprizov. If we're looking at how to try to fix this power play, it got to start by just getting organized with it. We're, we're seeing way too many turnovers in the neutral zone. Had a couple of instances last night, a couple of power plays in which the Bruins got more shots shorthanded than the Wild did with the extra attacker. You can't have that on a power play. And so for the Wilds, they just they have to get they have to get organized and just I think stop trying to do too much. I don't know if I would agree necessarily with pulling Jewel Erickson off the power play because he has far and away the most power play points on this team. So I don't know if I can super agree with that decision, but I get I get where they were going. If this team has had so much success in five on five, try to kind of simplify it and just go with those five on five groups. And you know, it like I said, it did work for the first power play goal of the game, but after that, not not really getting into the zone cleanly turning the puck over in the neutral zone, leading to shorthanded opportunities. Power play is still a work in progress. And so I think you just have to continue to tweak that lineup and continue to preach just like we, we saw Dean Evison do it late in the game. Just calm down and just do your job. Now, penalty kill is a different story. For the Wilds, stylistically, they were way more aggressive and uh, trying to deny teams clean entry into the zone, which has been a huge problem and has led to this penalty kill being as bad as it has been over the last uh, several weeks. Uh, So that was good to see. They were being way more aggressive in just trying to, you know, trying to attack the player that had the puck and prevent clean look opportunities you know that I think that's been one of the big issues for this team with their penalty kill is that everybody just has kind of gotten pulled into the net and that allows your opponent to just continue to kind of methodically work around the zone um, at will and uh, and look for those good opportunities and then capitalize on rebounds if you are attacking the player who has the puck and preventing them from taking as much time as they want to make those decisions. That's what leads to bad passes. That's what leads to turning the puck over. And that's what leads to clearing the puck out of the offensive zone. So I thought the penalty kill looked way better. I know Marchand did have the power play goal, but as I said, in that instance, it was a situation of the wilds kind of being caught in between with a couple of players still entering the zone couple of players kind of getting pulled back in front of the net and uh, a good screen in front of Talbot that just uh, prevented him from seeing the puck. That's that's going to happen. And uh, you just 
you got to just chalk it up to, you know, that Boston team that uh, the Wild beat last night is a very good team. And uh, even if they were a little shorthanded last night, they're still fully capable of uh, of winning every time they're out on the ice. So they're going to make some plays throughout the course of the game, and that was certainly one of them. So, yes, the power pl- uh, the penalty kill was only two out of three, but that's the percentage they've been at for the last few months anyway. So it's not that it it's not that big of a deal. It it looked better and. That is, uh, I think, the important thing to uh, keep in mind. So special teams may be trending in the right direction, although power play wise, I don't know if I would uh, I don't know if I would stick with with those changes, but we'll uh, we'll wait and see. Uh, the deadline for the NHL trade deadline is Monday, and it sounds like, the Jack McBain sweepstakes is starting to heat up even further. And uh, so we will talk about the latest in the Jack McBain bidding war and how the Wilds may get more than they are asking for currently. We'll do that. Plus, we'll look at uh, some of the trades that have already happened throughout the NHL. All that to finish today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen every day. And uh, again, just a reminder, we are free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. So the trade deadline coming up on Monday and for the Minnesota Wilds, one of the things on their list of uh, objectives before Monday's deadline seems to more and more be to trade the rights of Jack McBain to a team that he would be willing to sign with just seems at this point like the writing is pretty squarely on the wall that uh, he is not going to um, not going to sign here. And so makes sense. Get something for him and uh, get him to a spot where he is more likely to sign. Um, it's, it's heating up, though, to where... The Wilds could very, very easily get way more than they are uh, are looking for um, in a, a trade package. And you've got a couple of teams that uh, are are bidding for the um, the services of McBain. Uh, Elliot Friedman, in his thirty two thoughts. Um, mentioning that, uh, and and Brett Marshall had this tweet once again, just kind of going over a few things. The Minnesota Wilds kicked tires on the goalie market, but the acquisition price was too high. We'll talk about that in a second. Also noted, Montreal and Arizona could be fits for Jack McBain. Returns still as a second. Arizona has five of them. Says the Wilds are looking for a defender with beef, and they like Dvorak, but not a fit right now. So, if you take Arizona and Montreal, what is the thing that they both have in common? Not having great seasons, which means that those picks are going to be very high. If you can get from one of those two teams more than a second-round pick, I don't know if this would enter into the first category. If it does, I mean... Just tell me where to sign. I'll do it myself. 
even if you get a second and, this becomes an immense win for the Minnesota Wild. A, a massive win for them. And it's just further capital that Judd Brackett has to work with in the NHL draft, which has worked out well since he was uh, was brought on to the team to oversee the draft. So if this gets into the, the territory where the Wilds get a second and or a first massive win, massive win for this team. Also, don't be surprised with some of the moves that we saw yesterday. Cali Yarncroak uh, going to the Calgary Flames. He netted the Kraken, a 2022 second-round pick, a 2022 third-round pick, and a 2024 seventh-round pick. The Florida Panthers sending uh, Tyler Similac, uh, a 2023 first-rounder, and a 2022 fourth-round pick for uh, Ben Chirot. And the New York Rangers acquiring Frank Vetrano and uh, getting a 2022 fourth-round pick for his services. The prices for these trades, super high. So it doesn't surprise me that Bill Guerin kind of kicked the tires on a few things. And that's not to say that they won't make a move. They, there certainly is possibility that the Wild will find something to uh, to bring some assistance to this uh, this roster. And we will have, before Monday, we'll have a buyer's guide and a seller's guide to the trade deadline in which we'll look at both approaches and we'll look at some possibilities for this team to uh, consider and some of the assets that they could put on the table um, in a trade. So it's possible that they still end up making a move, but so those those prices are, and they're only going to continue to look crazier. I mean, if you're getting even a 2022 first-round pick for a fringe D-man, what are you going to get for Claude Giroux? What are the Flyers going to get for Claude Giroux? It's going to be an astronomical price. So as much as we would have liked, and recent play has certainly dictated this too, as much as we would have liked to see the Wild be in on Claude Giroux, it just doesn't make sense anymore uh, for this team. And from a price point, you know, you're giving up. You're probably having to give up Marco Rossi, for one, and a first, and either the likes of a Kalen Addison or, I I don't know, uh, another player that's close because the Wild have so many guys who are in that fringe, like, ready-to-play territory. Do you count them then as a prospect? Or do you count them as the young player and then you have to give up a prospect. In addition to that, it's it, I'm I'm glad that the Wild are not going to be in on that because the ask is going to be insane. When we see what Giroux is going to go for, when we see what some of these other guys are going to go for, it's it's going to be way too high. So it will probably be a pretty quiet deadline for the Wilds. 
with the exception of Jack McBain and maybe an acquisition, maybe one acquisition um, to try to help kind of beef things up. Beyond that, I don't really see much being done. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll keep an eye on it. If the Wild do make moves, of course, we'll be all over it, and we'll just uh, we'll just have to see what direction they go uh, when we get to two o'clock Central Time on Monday. That is going to wrap it up for today's episode of Locked On Wild. So now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure you head over to Locked On Fantasy Hockey for your second listen of the day. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. Locked On Fantasy Hockey is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just like Locked On Wild, we are available anywhere you want to listen. We're available anytime you want to listen as well. So make sure to give us a follow, give us a subscribe on YouTube, and make sure to follow us on social media as well. The Locked On Madness Tournament in full swing. And so uh, check that out on Twitter at Locked On Wild uh, to uh, vote for your favorite Minnesota Wild players. We'll keep you up to date on all things trade deadline, all things Minnesota Wild, because if a trade, big news, or a puck Drop anywhere in the state of hockey. Lockdown Wild has you covered with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.